week we talked about how one of the ways we got to get used to different is the way to go up is to go down, is to get on our hands and knees and to wash feet. Humility is the way to promotion. Serving is the way to authority. And this week I want to take a little bit different angle and I want to say you've got to get used to different in the supernatural. We've got to get used to different in seeing supernatural things happen in our life, in our church, in our family, and in our world. Does anybody want to see something different happen? Anybody tired of the same thing? Anybody ready for God to stir us up? And so you've maybe grown up in a church, if you're new here, maybe you grew up in a church where it was very rare if ever something supernatural happened. Well, I want to tell you, you got to get used to different. Because right. we believe in the supernatural around here. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit. We believe that you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We believe that God changes situations. We believe that God prophetically speaks to his people. And I want to tell you that if you're not used to that, you've got to get used to different. Can I get an amen? amen. We're, we're not going to change things to make you comfortable. You, you've got to just get used to different. You've got to get used to God working in ways that you're not used to. You've got to get used to God doing methods that make you uncomfortable. You've got to get used to God answering prayers in ways that you've never seen before. Well, I've never seen that happen. Well, get used to different. I've never seen that happen in church before. Get used to different. Well, I'm, I'm just going to keep saying that. Get used to different. Get used to different. Get used to different. And so if uh, you are here today and you need a miracle, you've got to open yourself up to the ways of God and the means by which God does that. And I want to give us three points today. And the first one is this. It is the will of God for you, everybody say me, me. to be used in the supernatural. Does anybody believe that? Does anybody believe in here what Jesus said when he said, there's none greater born among men than John the Baptist? And you know why people had a problem with John the Baptist? They couldn't get used to different. Camel hairs, clothes, ate weird stuff. And that's why sometimes we need to be careful before we discriminate the word of God from its messenger. Sometimes they look different, they act different. I know a couple weeks ago we, we, we had some prophetic ministry in the house and maybe for some of us like that was just weird. Well, sometimes God works through weird. Heard a chuckle somewhere out there, thank you. You've gotta get used to the unconventional, the unorthodox. And Mark chapter 16, verse 15 Jesus says this, and he said, he said unto them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to whole, the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Just gonna stop there right there. If you haven't done that, come see me after church. Right. We'll take care of that. Come on, somebody. 
will baptize you. And these signs will accompany pastors. These signs will accompany prophets. No, these signs will accompany those who what? Believe. Believe. Any believers here today? Anybody not ashamed? The name of Jesus. In other words, these signs are going to follow true believers. In my name, they will cast out demons. Does anybody believe God still does that? And by the way, if you don't believe that demons aren't real and that that still doesn't happen, apparently you don't look at Facebook and apparently you don't watch the news very often. They're going to cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. Everybody say accidentally. Just going to add that. Just feel free to, to write that in your Bible. Accidentally. If they drink any deadly poison, accidentally. It will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. So then the Lord Jesus, after he spoke to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And that's not where it stops. And they what? They went out and preached everywhere. Wow, what good things could happen if we did that? And sometimes you don't have to use words. Sometimes you can witness just by living right. Amen? God, give us some Christians with convictions in this hour. They preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them. Who did the miracles? God did the miracles through them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. And so we have a kingdom mandate by Jesus for the supernatural to work through us. And I, I say through us, I'm not talking about religious professionals. I'm talking about you and I. We have a kingdom mandate to cast out demons. That's the first thing he said, to cast out demons. And, and a lot of what we see going on in our world today, you know what it is? It's the demonic. When people are as confused as they are, and I want to say this right now, I have legitimate compassion for those people because they are legitimately confused. But you know what it is? It's, it's a demon of confusion. How many knows that God is not the author of confusion? If you are confused, that's a demonic influence. And we, we see it, I believe we see it in mental health. We see it in, in violence. We see it in, in the things that are being played out. And I just wanna tell you right now, and, and, and in this season we just left, you need to be very careful what you open yourself up to. You need to think very carefully before you're entertained by stuff that's demonic. And, and, and you do what you want to, but I'm not dressing my kids up like a witch. I'm not dressing my kids up to see how evil they can get. And, and I, I don't know if a demon could come through that, but I'm not even going to crack the door. I'm going to keep it slammed shut. I'm going to protect my kid's spirit. I'm going to protect my spirit. You know why? Because it's nothing to laugh about. It's real. 
the demonic is real. And, and you know, people play with that. Then they come and bring them here and say, fix them. It's like, okay, you laughed at us for years, but now we're supposed to drive the demon out of them. That's why you, you, you prevent it from happening in the first place. Come on, that's good. We need to hear that. They will speak in new tongues. Part of a, a kingdom mandate is God gives us a new language and, and the Holy Spirit power, a sign of that is what? Speaking in other tongues. And I wanna just tell you, be open. If you come from a religious tradition where that wasn't practiced, be open, get used to different. Okay, I, I didn't make that up. That's in the Bible. That's not a Pentecostal thing. That's a Bible thing. And, and there's power when you speak in new tongues. Now, I, I want to tell you right now, in the, the time we're living in, we, we've got to pray bold prayers. We've got to pray spirit-filled prayers. And I, I just want to say this. If I'm on my deathbed, I don't want somebody coming praying a, some soft daddy God prayer. I want somebody who says, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray life into this body. Lord, we pray change this situation. Come on, how many knows that we need some prayer warriors in this hour who aren't afraid to get used to different? If I'm in that hospital bed, those nurses are just going to have to get used to different. Why? Because I'm bringing in prayer warriors that know how to get a hold of God. They will drink, if they drink anything poisonous, it will not hurt them. They, pick, they will pick up serpents with their hand. You know what that's talking about? Divine protection. Divine protection. We've got to get used to different and that things, uh, we're not going back to 1950s, okay? Regardless of what happens on Tuesday, we're not going back to the 1950s. We're not going back to some idyllic, form of, of life, we're gonna be in warfare from here on out. Right. News flash, okay? And that's why we've gotta put the blood of Jesus over us. Right. Right. And when I put the blood of Jesus over my life, I pick up serpents. Right. I have spiritual authority. Amen. Come on, young people, I, I go into that high school with right. authority. Right. I go into that workplace with right. authority. I go into that den of lions with authority and say, shut up in the name of Jesus. Anything the devil throws at me, the weapon's gonna be formed, but it will not prosper. Why? Because I have a promise. I know I'm freaking some of you out today, but guess what? You gotta get used to different. You know why? Because we're not living in the world you grew up in. We've got to fight for these kids. We've got to fight for this church. We've got to fight for this community to have revival in Jesus' name. So this promise is to you and to me. In Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, just right after the day of Pentecost, said, now Peter and John were going to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, and a lame man from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, that is called the beautiful gate, to ask alms those entering. In other words, everybody knew who this guy was. Daily they put them there, and they put him in a high traffic area 
which is smart. If you're panhandling, you want to be in a high traffic area. I can respect that. That's good business. And seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he has to receive alms. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. You know what the world is expecting us to do? They're expecting us to meet their needs through natural means, like everybody else does. Here's a dollar. Here's another person to talk to. Here's another this. Here's another that. That's what he was expecting to get. But Peter said, I have no silver, I have no gold. Come on, how many can relate to that? But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise and walk. How many knows that's what we do have? The only thing I have to offer is a name above every other name. The only thing I have to offer is a God who is alive and seated in heaven, who still hears prayer, who still does miracles. If you're here today, that's all we have to offer you. We have some good programs that can get you on the right path, but at the end of the day, the only thing that we have to give you is the name of Jesus Christ because that's the only thing you need. That's the only thing that can save. That's the only name that can heal. And I want you to see what happened. And he took them by the right hand and raised up and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. I don't know about you, but I still believe in immediate miracles. Is that the way God works every time? No. Have there been people who have died I've prayed for? Yes. Am I gonna stop believing? Am I gonna stop praying? No. Why? Because it's not my job to heal anyway. It's my job to give the name of Jesus. And to pray the prayer of faith. And leaping, he stood up and he began to walk and he entered with the temple, entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And there was a, a miracle that happened. And everybody began to talk. Everybody began to say, What happened to that guy that was always by the temple doors? And here's what happened Jesus was glorified by that miracle. And the purpose of miracles isn't because to show that we have cooler tricks than the other guys. The purpose of miracles is to show that Jesus is alive and well and that he is still ruling and reigning and he is alive. Come on, how many wants to glorify? How many wants Jesus to be glorified? And we're gonna see things happen in this church. We're gonna see things happen in this world that are gonna once again prove that God is powerful, that God is alive, God still has dominion, God still has authority, and that the ways of man are under him. How many believe that? Jesus said in Mark 16, these signs would accompany the message. These signs will accompany the message. Number two, point number two, miracles are for today. I'm gonna make a bold statement. Any gospel that doesn't have room for miracles is not the gospel. Any gospel that doesn't demonstrate the miraculous is not the gospel. We do not serve a dead Jesus. We do not serve a yesterday Jesus. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, 
today and forever. God still heals. God still raises the dead. Jesus said in John 14, 12, he says, truly, 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 truly. No, he gave two trulys. In other words, this is especially true. Everything I say is true, but pay attention. I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Again, anybody that believes in him. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Now, I don't think he was saying that we will be greater than him. That's, of course, that will never happen. But what he's saying is that when I leave, every one of you will have the authority that was in me is gonna be given to you to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to see the supernatural happen. And instead of one Jesus, there are millions of Jesuses across the earth. I always love saying that, Jesuses. Is that when we leave this place today, we're gonna take the kingdom authority with us and greater things are gonna happen. Somebody say greater things. We've been praying, God, give us greater things. God, give us greater facilities. God, give us greater power. God, give us greater numbers. Come on, how many knows this room needs to be even more full today than what it is? How many wants to see greater, greater miracles? I'm not happy with the stories of what God did in this church 20 years ago. No, God's got greater miracles. God's got greater things to happen. Romans chapter 15 Verse 18, Paul says, for I will not dare speak of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me and were indeed to make the Gentiles obedient. And look what he says, in mighty signs and wonders. This is what he said followed his preaching. And many signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God so that from Jerusalem and all around the world, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. I want you to see that. He says that signs and wonders are part of the full presentation of the gospel. And we can't just sit back anymore. And I believe that the problem with the churches in America, we've become word heavy, we've become information heavy, and we've become demonstration light. And I wanna tell you, the Bible's great, the word of God's great. We need to have it imprinted in our soul. But the purpose of the word of God is to get us to demonstrate to get us to do what it's talking about. That we step out in faith and lay hands on the sick. That we step out in faith. And we're not waiting on a pastor to pray. But anybody in this room, from a child in kids blast to the oldest among us, can take kingdom authority and pray and the miraculous happen. Does anybody wanna see that? Does anybody wanna see that? Jesus did not give us the Holy Spirit so that we could wait in a pew. He gave us authority to take back what the enemy has stolen. And that we confront hell head on. We're not to be passive, we're to be aggressive. And that's what Jesus did. He took the kingdom to people. He prayed. And when he saw eyes that weren't working right, ears that didn't operate correctly. Jesus saw that as going against what his kingdom values were. 
I just want to say that we don't glorify sickness around here. We don't deny the existence of it. We're not in denial. That's what I'm saying. But I believe that God wants to heal Annie. I believe God wants to heal Jeremy. And I know ultimately it will happen one way or another. But we don't glorify sickness. Can, Can God use sickness for his glory? Absolutely. But you know what even gives him more glory is when the supernatural happens and healing takes place. God is not the author of sickness. God is not the author of sickness just as much God as God is not the author of murder. Is he God despite what happens? Absolutely. But I'm going to keep praying and I'm going to keep believing that the kingdom shows up and we see the supernatural take place in this house. And so if we wanna fully share the good news of the kingdom, it includes signs and wonders. And I've told you guys before, every time we take our kids to a restaurant and the the waitress comments on on George or one of our kids, I say, let me tell you the story about him. You know why? Because God didn't heal him just for my benefit. He healed him for that waitress's benefit. The greatest way you can spread the gospel is through a story. Wait till you hear what God did in my life. Wait till you hear how God healed my son. Wait till you hear how God changed this situation. That's how we make Jesus real. That's how we make Jesus beyond just a theory. How many knows it's beyond theory? I know that I know that I know that miracles are for today. I've seen too much. It's not just a theory to me. It's not just a Bible story, but I've seen the power, the wonder working power of Jesus Christ. If you've seen it in your life, somebody needs to stand up and testify right now. I've seen too much to not believe. I know he can do it for you. If you just step out in faith, God still heals. So I want to ask us a hard question. Why isn't it happening as much as we want to? And I think miracles have stopped happening because we've stopped praying and believing. We've become comfortable. And if it doesn't work, well, there's a good doctor for that. Or we're waiting on somebody else to do it. Well, I guess I'll just wait till next year when Brother Morton comes. No, no, no. How many of us, we don't worship Morton? We don't worship Brother so-and-so. The same Holy Ghost he has, I have. And you can pray. And I, I, I think some people have, we, we, we've maybe been turned off by certain people who worked in the miraculous and we found out they had double lives. And we've called, you know, there's this, term that we use now, faith healer, right? And it's become derogatory. It's almost like if you believe that stuff, you must be flaky. Well, then Jesus was flaky. Come on now. Matthew 7, 21, Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, 
but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. In other words, people who are connected to God, who have a real relationship with God. He says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do mighty works in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Now, I don't know about you, but that scares me. There's gonna be people in judgment who healed in his name who didn't know him. And a lot of people have used this verse to say, see, see, those were just sign seekers. We shouldn't seek that stuff. We should just try to love Jesus and hold on. But I think you're missing the point. If those people who didn't have a real relationship with God could see miracles, cast out demons, how much more those of us who do Come on, is anybody here today bold enough to say, I have a real relationship with God? I'm not playing games. I don't have one foot in the world, one foot in church. And so instead of looking at that as discouraging miracles, if those people who are backslidden to use a good Pentecostal word, how much more can the miraculous happen with people who have a real connection with God and a real prayer life? Come on, I, that motivates me. If people don't have a real relationship with Jesus, can produce miracles in his name, how much more those of us who are connected can see miracles in the name of Jesus? Miracles bring justice to God's people who are fighting an enemy. And that enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And we have the answer here today. We have the power here today. And I think our problem isn't a lack of miracles, it's a lack of boldness. Our problem isn't a lack of miracles, it's a lack of boldness. God, a bishop prayed it earlier. God, give us boldness. Give us boldness to walk up to that sick person. And I think what the enemy does is, well, what if it doesn't work? Well, you know what? I didn't die for him. The Bible isn't my word. It's God's word. He died for him. My job's to be obedient. And why don't we ever ask the question, what if they do get healed? What if God does change the situation? Come on. Is anybody stirred today? I need to pray bolder. I need to pray bigger. God is insulted and dishonored by our lack of bold prayers. And I just wonder if the reason why God doesn't allow miracles to manifest more often is because he's been insulted by our shallowness and our lack of boldness. Let's see, so point number three. God does the supernatural with human cooperation. Now, God doesn't need us. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying God has to have me to do a miracle. But very often, you read in the word of God, just about every miracle God did, he did with human cooperation. Matthew 13, 54 shows that we can limit what God does among us. We can limit what God does in our family. 
we can limit what God does in our life and we can limit what God does in our community. And it says, when he had come to his own country, in other words, he came to the Bible Belt. He came to good conferences where people all know the truth and they all know the right scriptures. He taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and they said, where did this man get his wisdom and his mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is, this, uh, is not his mother called Mary, his brothers James, Moses, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all of these things? And so they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now I want you to see this. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. It wasn't because he couldn't. Their unbelief sucked out the potential in the room. Their unbelief sucked out the potential for the supernatural in that region. And I just wonder if maybe some of the biggest vacuums of faith, the biggest vacuums for the, the lack of miracles are in our churches because we've become familiar with Jesus. We've become familiar with the word of God. We've become familiar with, oh, this is what we do at this time. And we lift up our hands and we say this and we do this and it all becomes mechanical like these people and it's just the same old Jesus. It's just the same old story. Bishop just talked about Acts 2.38 again. Oh, isn't that great? How many knows this never gets old? Jesus never gets stale. Jesus never becomes familiar because he is an incredible miracle wonder working God. And I wonder if our sense of awe if we got our sense of awe back, if there wouldn't be more miracles. I wonder if every time we walked into this room with a spirit of expectation of what is God gonna do today? Who is God gonna heal today? Who is God gonna fill with the Holy Ghost today? Who's gonna get baptized today? Who's gonna be delivered from drugs today? Who's gonna have their life changed today? Come on, is somebody here today with a spirit of expectation that is not the same old remain standing familiarity with Jesus limited the faith of these people some of us need to remember where God found us some of us need to remember what God did in our life and I want to tell you if you ever if you never rather forget what Jesus has done for you you'll never backslide never walk away it will become greater more powerful day by day I wonder if the reason why we hear of miracles happening in the third world and foreign countries where there aren't doctors there aren't medical systems it's because Jesus is all they have Next Sunday's all they have. Next prayer service is all they have. 
Like we sung earlier, maybe we need to get back to, Lord, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Matthew chapter 14, the next chapter after he could do no miracles. He could do no miracles amongst the religious. This is Matthew 14. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard where he was, they followed him on foot from the cities. Come on, that's so powerful. Rumor spread, hey, he's over here, and people just started walking. Oh, we don't have a wagon, we don't have a car, no problem. If I have to walk 10 miles, I'll get to where Jesus is because I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I'm hurting, and I don't care what time they schedule church, I'm showing up. I don't care if it's raining, snowing, or what's going on, I've just got to get to where Jesus is. You see the different reaction from those people and the religious. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great crowd and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. I'm just gonna make a really dogmatic, bold statement. If you don't pray for miracles, you're hard-hearted and you're not compassionate. And what will drive miracles is when we rediscover compassion. And as long as it's just somebody else's kid, as long as somebody else's cancer, somebody else's problem, and we don't pray, and we don't let God break our heart one more time, there will be no miracles. But when we get the heart of Jesus, And I feel the same passion for little Jeremy as I do George. That's when God will show off his power and his church. Anybody want that today? Anybody want God to give you compassion? God, break my heart.